0: This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica.
1: This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de
0: Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. Woo-hoo! This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Almost Miami. This is Magic City Soccer.
1: This is Magic City Soccer,
0: bitches. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, your home for all things soccer in Miami-Dade County. I am Omar Mubaid, and I will be your host tonight in this post-welcome-back show after Hurricane Irma. It's been a long time since we've uh, had you guys with us here, and uh, it's really important to get back on the right foot, Uh, just like Miami FC did this week. Uh, This week, I am joined by our everybody's favorite uh, co-host, right? Drew Hausman. Drew, how you doing?
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the NASL of NASL podcasts. And I must say, Omar, that was a brilliant Matthew Bunch impression to open it up.
0: (laughs) Uh, Matthew Bunch is stuck in traffic. Uh, He'll be here as soon as possible. Um, Hopefully, he'll get on before the end of the show. But if he doesn't, uh, then stick around. Come back next week and we'll have hopefully a tripod uh, and go from there. So, what have we missed? Right before Hurricane Irma, the New York Cosmos flew into town basically on the same day, on the 6th of September, and they took on Miami FC. Uh, The game ended in a 3-3 draw, if you can remember. Yes, it was a long, long time ago, so imagine, yes, a 3-3 draw. uh, Basically, three days before Hurricane Irma uh, rocked South Florida. New York Cosmos got away with a point, and they got the hell out of town, I think, that same night. I think they had a charter plane waiting for them at MIA, and they booked it back to the uh, safe confines of Brooklyn. Since then, it's been 18 days since Miami FC has played an NIA Cell sanctioned uh, match. But in the meantime, there was a tiny Miami Classico, right, Drew? Just a little small one.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of one we've been waiting for for a long time, but it wasn't quite what we hoped.
0: <laughs> wasn't quite what we hoped because it wasn't the full strength side from uh, NPSL version of Miami United. Miami United and Miami FC came together and and you know took on a friendly match uh, at St. Thomas University just about a week ago or nine days ago now, um, and really thrilled a lot of hardcore soccer fans in Miami. You know, trying to bring so kinda of the community back to normal uh through soccer. So it was really nice to see Miami United and Miami FC come back together um and, and, and you know have a display even if it was a friendly. Uh, I know Drew was at that match. Uh the game was very lopsided. Drew, give us kind of some of the reasons why that game was so lopsided.
1: Well the the main part was that the uh it, it was Miami United's APSL team because they're currently uh playing in the APSL or the MPSL team, you know a lot of it's pro-am mix so a lot of the professional or even amateur players are are not around so for a last minute friendly you gotta scramble up the guys uh, wasn't the the best lineup put out by Miami United but fun to see nonetheless and you know it's a great opportunity for a bunch of their younger players to maybe uh, put on an exhibition or kind of show Nesta or Miami FC some of the skills they have so um, as, as far as a move for United it was it was pretty good for them to to play that game but You know Miami FC hadn't played a while, so it's good to see them proactively finding an opponent, kind of working their legs back out and everything after the hurricane. Um, Yeah, I mean through the through the first half, everybody was kind of getting back into the swing of things, and I believe Poku scored first, and then the first half ended one nothing. But uh, come around the second half, a couple substitutes, they're getting back into it, and (laughs) by the end of the game, six nothing victory. But uh Nesta did a good job kinda rotating everybody in. We got to see a lot of a lot of players we haven't seen in a while step onto the field and dress up. So uh definitely definitely time well spent considering we had uh games cancelled. Yeah, it's um, really go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say my favorite part and I think the favorite part of most of Day Brigade was uh our athletic trainer actually suited up in Baggio's training jersey and played, I think, the last 20 minutes of the game. So uh, <laughs> shouts out to Federico, who now has the nickname the Federal Reserve, for throwing in a solid 20 minutes. The whole time I think we were hoping he would score and we were planning on rushing the field, but he had a couple close assists and a shot on goal. So it's fun. it was fun seeing the athletic trainer come out in like regular basketball shorts and played for 20 minutes. Well, I, I can tell
0: you this. It looks like if Miami FC would ever need, like, an emergency left back, that they could sign this guy to a one-day contract and just be like, all right, yeah, you go out there, heaven forbid, we we really need to ever use you. Uh, guess what? You'll be playing in the game. Um, but, no, it, it's one of those, the Federal Reserve. What a great nickname, man, the Federal Reserve. Well done. Thank you. I'll, I'll take 100% credit for that. 100% credit. Sounds good. 100% commission, too, all the way going to Drew Hausman.
1: Um six 0 Magic City t-shirt. <laughs>
0: The Federal Reserve with a trainer (laughs) on it that nobody's buying. Anyway, uh, (laughs) so as Drew mentioned, game one into halftime, 1-0. Both teams maybe not necessarily feeling each other out, but really trying not to get hurt after having such a long layoff. Um, And then really the second half was just a tale of two halves right With this game with Miami FC just getting in goal after goal, either with Pino, who had a brace, Poku put one in. Calvo got in on the fun, uh, putting the fourth goal of the game. And, and of course, uh, hard-pressed to believe that Ariel Martinez did not score a goal in that game uh, because he had the fifth goal in that game uh, with his ever-so-popular left foot. All right, so after some controversy between, I guess, essentially that friendly and the next NESL-sanctioned NASL- game, and we're going to go ahead and get into that little bit of controversy and uh, I guess speculative litigation uh, coming up later in the show. The Miami FC returned to normal and finally got an NASL game under the belts after, uh, you know, the devastation and the cleanup of Hurricane Irma. Uh, Miami FC took up I-95. They went over to Hodges Stadium in Jacksonville. And Drew, what did they
1: do in Jacksonville? Uh, They treated the Jacksonville Armada like they were an APSL team. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> 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 well played sir so Miami <laughs> goes ahead and walks into Hodges Stadium uh, on Sunday this is the 24th of September and they waste absolutely zero time uh, making their mark on that game Stefano Pena in the 15th minute gets a beautiful goal uh, with an assist from Javi Chavez or
1: should the assist really be from somebody else yeah uh, was this Caleb Patterson stool? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he was thinking, but uh, bless bless their keeper, just totally ran outside the box, looked like he was going to grab it, and then did some sort of dolphin body swinging motion trying to head the ball. And uh, The great part about that where I I can see like Pino's professionalism is after the keeper missed and fell, he kind of held on to the ball, let the defender square up, and, and chose his shot where I was saying like at the time like I feel like 90% of other NASL players would have just like, gone in eyes wide open and ended up like sailing the ball over the net or something. So uh, definitely hats off to him for, for his composure and and planning his shot. But uh, that definitely was a a blessing from uh, the Jacksonville Armada. Thank you guys.
0: If you have not seen that goal yet, uh, I believe it is on the Miami FC Twitter website, uh, Twitter website, Twitter account, I should say at the Miami FC, take a look at it because the only way to really describe the goalkeeping blunder in this situation is, when you're playing one of those games of FIFA and you're trying to get the goalie to come out and somehow the ball takes this weird bounce where it kind of just like goes over your goalie or the goalie kind of freezes and, and you just want to murder your controller and throw it through the TV. Uh, I'm assuming that a lot of the Jacksonville Armada technical staff probably had that same feeling as that play was going on. Um, and then pretty much it was one zero for just about the remainder of the game until guess who? Jaime Chavez again. The man is on fire He not only gets one goal from previous goal scorer, Stefan Opinion, the assist, but he gets the third goal of the game. So two on the night with a brace in the 96th minute drew two goals, six minutes apart. I'm assuming that you were maybe just a little bit under the influence at that point in time. What can you tell us about those two goals from Jaime (laughs) Chavez to basically just kind of, you know, add insult to injury there?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the one at the 90th was, was nice, and I, I thought I couldn't get any better, but adding the one in the 96th minute uh, <laughs> just kind of sealed off the game. Most of the times, I think earlier in the year, a lot of the Jacksonville games we played away, I think I believe the first two ended up one nothing on the road, so uh, to see them kind of continue the aggressiveness in the later minutes and keep going for it, it's great to see, and now my man Chavez, he's got five goals in the past two games, now he's Sick. second place in NASL goal scoring leaders tied with Vincenzo Ranella only behind only to be behind teammate Stefano Pino. So uh, we got a trifecta of leaders up there. Um we're just dominating the league in every sense. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible. You have to when you look
0: at the stats, right? It's, it's eye popping to it's it's eye popping to think that Miami FC has three double digit goal scorers. Stefano Pino, who started 19 games Jaime Chavez who started 15 games and Vincenzo Ranello who started 14 games and hasn't played a game in what I would say the better part of six seven weeks with the last time we talked about Mr. Fermaggio. like it's one of these situations where we're sitting here we're saying like you know it, it that forward bunch is so plug and play and this is a forward group that doesn't even have Aaron Dennis if Aaron Dennis was in the mold how many goals would he have probably close to double digits too. somebody would guess right.
1: Yeah, and it's a shame he's he's been injured all year. He, he, he was one of the few that missed out. He was uh, training during that United game, but uh, I think he has some sort of leg injury, but he hasn't. He was unable to participate in that one. But, yeah, that's another thing. We've got another attacking threat who got a little time last year that we haven't even seen yet. But also, if you look at the goal scorers hanging out at the bottom who also missed some time and, and started on this weekend is Dylan Morris. So <laughs> there's another guy. I mean, that's, that's right. He's coming in fourth. He's got six goals. He leads the team in assists
0: with five. There's a three-way uh, tie at the top with, again, Vincenzo Ranella and, again, Jaime Chavez with five goals. So it's really, you know, the, the threat for this team offensively. And that's, mind you, we haven't even talked about Cuadro Poku, right, because of his assignments and everything else, missing a few games throughout the season. It's just it's incredible uh, how these guys can keep putting in goal after goal. Uh, from For Miami FC, they increased their unbeaten streak over the Jacksonville Armada to four straight games. You want to know the last time Jacksonville beat Miami FC? Well, you'd have to go all the way back to October of last year uh, to have a 3-2 win where Miami FC did have a red card. And Miami FC, man, let me tell you something. This team is on a roll. We were talking about such a long winning streak uh, in the spring season. And guess what? Not to be outdone, they're starting a long winning streak again in the fall season. If I think the number's right, I believe we're at, what,
1: seven games? uh, Or eight games unbeaten? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last one. Was it the the Cosmos to open right? The no, the I think I think the yeah, I think the last game. No, uh, there was the the loss to
0: North Carolina at home. Oh, you're the right. Three two loss to North Carolina uh, was the last time Miami have see has lost. They've only given up points one other time, and that was a game to the Cosmos. But do remember, obviously, uh, in. The events of Hurricane Irma, Miami FC had to reschedule two games with the San Francisco Deltas, which will be replayed one coming up in just about a week's time here at home. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and look at the schedule uh, for Miami FC coming up because it is absolutely jam-packed. And if you haven't been to a game yet this season, I don't know what you're doing because this is absolutely the best team in town at the moment. Uh, Really, the only team in town in the regular season with the exception of the Dolphins. But nobody wants to watch that poo-poo platter. Can't even (laughs) score on the freaking Jets. Get out of here, Drew. I don't want to talk about the Jets. Get out of here. Anyway, so Miami FC's got three games coming up here in the matter of the next, I would say, 10 days, right? Miami FC will take on the Jacksonville Armada again at home this Sunday at 6pm followed up by a midweek clash with the San Francisco Deltas and a Saturday night clash against the San Francisco Deltas again. So you're going to have two home games in a matter of three days against the same team and this is a team in the Deltas that Miami FC has absolutely owned Game yep. after game in the spring season. What was the What score is the added co- 10, 10 1, I think,
1: is the combined score.
0: 10 1. To, to,
1: <laughs> I believe. Man,
0: there's so many words you could use that aren't professional to sum up those games, <laughs> and it's just one after the other. Just el pao after the San Francisco Deltas, one after the other. And, and you know what? If I'm a Deltas player and I'm coming back to Miami and I'm looking at this team and their performance after Jacksonville, and, and probably who will be pulling off a really good performance uh, on Sunday against the armada again one would think um, i don't know i don't know if i want to come to miami and play those games if i'm a delta's player
1: yeah i mean it's it's unfortunate too that the the two times we played them previously they they got red cards in both games but um, both games weren't looking too hot prior to the red cards either so um, it's great cuz our, our you know it stinks to play seven game or three games in a in a week span but Considering its teams we've historically this year played very well against takes a lot of that pressure off. And hopefully that should be for the players, too, especially after the break and only playing one game in to play Jacksonville again. And then the Deltas and the Deltas again, you know, a totally different scenario if it were maybe Cosmos, Carolina, Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, completely different because those are
0: teams that have been really thorns on our side. Uh, throughout the existence of miami fc so uh, looking again towards sunday um, miami FC will go ahead and have a breast cancer awareness drive uh, in honor of breast cancer awareness month uh, in october um, there will be a miami fc bandana being given away courtesy of doctors hospital guys remember that this is a six o'clock kickoff sunday night so it's early enough for you to bring the kids Get them home and in bed before they have to be at school on Monday. But at the same time, the tailgate party starts at four thirty, way outside of Gate Five, three. over there on
1: what would it be, the southeast corner of the stadium? Yep, the South Beach corner. And at the we're, same we're, time, go ahead. We're starting a bit early this weekend because it's a Sunday, so we're going to start at three. Three PM and, uh, start. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have you know the beer from Wynwood Brewery. We're doing a barbecue. I believe uh, either the team or uh, Day Brigade will be taking uh, some donations for Puerto Rico also uh, for the hurricane relief. So just make sure to come by at 3. We're going to have the whole shebang and everything going on out there. Uh, you know, Sunday at 3 o'clock. You don't want to watch the NFL. What do you mean you don't want to watch the NFL? Hold well, no, on, wait, wait. What are
0: the contingency? What are the contingency plans for this? Is there going to be a TV? Is there, we're going to have red zone streaming? What are we doing here? Nothing.
1: Nothing. no uh, We may have a TV, but that TV is going to be used to play FIFA. FIFA. That's what I'm talking about. FIFA yeah, there's only one sports on team in town
0: right now, man. I mean, there's two. There's two, and then there's two more in preseason, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that on another show. On the, on the Magic City sports show, not the Magic City soccer show. <laughs> All right. So, uh, again, at Miami FC Bandana, tailgate starts at 3. The Craft Beer Garden opens at 5.30. Guys, tickets start at $10. Please make sure you come on out and support this team as they get ready to ramp up the run uh, for the postseason. So, we've talked about... Pre-IRMA, we've talked about during-IRMA, we've talked about post-IRMA, and in that weird uh, period between, you know, recovery and this Jacksonville game, uh, we, we had a little bit of legal news come down the pipeline, right, Drew? It's happening again. It's 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 that almost a day of reckoning, uh, and it almost seems like, you know, NASL fans shouldn't be comfortable in the unknown, uh, or in the squabble that is litigation, But it seems like we are. It seems like we we do this time and time again if you're a fan of an NASL club. Uh, And that is that the NASL has seeked a permanent injunction uh, from the U.S. Appellate Court, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe it is at the Appellate Court, in order to remain a Division II team after the United States Soccer Federation uh, declined NASL's uh, basically request to stay at Division II uh, and relegated them essentially to Division Three, And I use the word relegated in air quotes because there is no uh, promotion relegation really in the United States. So, which brings up another lawsuit. Yes, which brings up <laughs> another lawsuit that if you've been living under a rock or, or, or this is your first episode on our show, we've talked about previously, but we will not talk about at the moment. Uh, so to stay on topic, uh, essentially, the NASL is saying that MLS – the USL, and the United States Soccer Federation all are in cahoots with each other. I'd use a different word, but I got yelled out by a friend of the show uh, for using that word, so I'm going to go ahead and not use it. Uh, It rhymes with Fafirispe. (laughs) Fafirispe, yes. Uh, So, essentially, the NASL is claiming that USL, MLS, and the Soccer Federation are all in cahoots with each other, and by sanctioning NASL to Division Three will automatically uh, basically create a certain death to the league. Drew, what are your thoughts on this lawsuit? What are your thoughts on litigation? And, and what are your thoughts on NASL's claims?
1: Uh, oof. I mean, the, the, the claim is true to some extent because they already, you know, have kind of the monopoly going with MLS being Division I, Now, uh, USL is Division 2, and they have ownership of PDL, which is Division 4. There's no other game in town right now besides us and the NPSL, which is also Division 4. So then us falling back to a 3 would be killing us. You know, a lawsuit and everything, I I don't really understand a lot of the legal terms of it or what it'll actually do. Uh, If we could retain the 2 status, it would be great. I don't think that's going to happen, but... Um, I, I think they just know they're going to get three and this is kind of a media blitz, <laughs> like <laughs> similar to the other lawsuit, but, uh, I guess if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's all confusing at this point. Right. Well, let me
0: ask you then, I'm, let's pretend I'm interviewing here. I'm interviewing you here for a second, I should say. How, how big a part of the pro Promotion relegation spearheaded drive by Ricardo Silva. Do you think has played a play factor in this sanction? It's
1: a good question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I think it's a. Uh, I'd I'd say maybe it's more the other way around. That maybe do you think it's you the other know, way around. What? Yeah, I I think, I think okay. they, they saw this coming. I mean, obviously they want Pro but. I think it's the other way around where because because of this issue, that's where the, the pro rail spawns out of, you know. I, I think if we stayed division two and USL stayed division three this year, the the whole pro rail lawsuit and all this pro rail talk wouldn't have come out, but because of because of how the pyramid is structured and now that you know, the, the feeder essentially the feeder league to one is now equal in two with us, that's that's kind of the, the the, the spotting point of this issue. Okay. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. I guess kind
0: of, I'm going to give you my opinion. I kind of want your thought on, 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 I guess my mindset of this issue. And I see two things that have been, uh, plagues really in the expansion, the growth of soccer in the United States. And, and the first being the need for a soccer specific stadium or a triple S, uh, when you're trying to <laughs> save characters on Twitter, um, MLS has instituted as part of their, I guess, entry requirements into the league that you need to have a soccer specific stadium that fits a certain amount of people. Matt and I have talked about this on previous shows and my biggest, uh, kicker always comes back to Burton Albion. Burton Albion, a second division team, uh, in the English championship league has a stadium that seats 7,000 people. MLS wants stadiums that hold roughly about 20,000 and up. Um, that's the number one thing that plagues really lower division soccer because, A, there is no path to the top. And if you want to be an ownership group that uh, wants to put a team in a city, well, you need to now figure out how to build a 20,000-seat stadium when you know that number – you're creating artificial supply and demand, essentially, in my opinion. And the second thing uh, really is is this arbitrary number – Uh, on two fronts one on the amount of individual ownerships and secondly on the amount of teams that you need to have in a league look i think you would agree with me drew when i say that eight teams in a league i mean at that point eight teams kind of feels like a like you're playing in a you know a house league somewhere like it's an adult recreation league eight teams right professional leagues you see having greater numbers be that as it may you know, NASL made some bad decisions, and let's not sit here and, and, and be total homers and not pretend that Rio OKC was a terrible decision, and, and you know, a couple of the other teams really got kind of got p- picked away, including Montreal and Minnesota, um, and, you know, obviously you had Ottawa Fury and Tampa Bay, which I guess you can kind of look at both as saying, you know, maybe there were collateral damage in everything that the NASL has done prior to, but Having a set number of teams in certain time zones, that that seems arbitrary to me. And two, the fact that MLS at one point was pretty much owned, uh, what was it, eight or ten teams all owned by two or three different individuals uh, propping the league to, to, to essentially survive in its infancy, that's arbitrary as well. And USSF, in my opinion, is using these things against the NASL in order to keep USL Kind of on the forefront of the non MLS leagues in the United States. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, and like uh, with with the rules also, I think last year was the first year that MLS actually met the Division one requirements in the past like seven years. And I think technically this year they don't even meet the Division one requirements. And then with the Division two requirements is also USL doesn't meet a lot of the USL teams don't also meet those standards. But like you were saying, having an eight team league <laughs> definitely doesn't help when you're trying to compare uh us to USL. Um I mean even back in the USL early days they had I think a six man team or six man league going on at one point in time and they got waivers for that. So um I mean even let's what's what's best case scenario? We we stay as division two
0: like, I mean, yeah. Best case scenario, you stay as Division Two, and then you have ten teams with the expansion of the two teams from California or Southern California, and then you would hope in twenty eighteen to yeah, gather they... either another two or four teams, uh, including the likes of, you know, hopefully Detroit, Chicago, Atlanta, and then one more.
1: Yeah, and who was it? Was it New Orleans that signed a letter of commitment? Right, yeah. New Orleans yeah. is another team that
0: has recently been rumored, or there's been a group uh, rumored to join NASL. But another reason why this sanction, this sanctioning or ruling from USSF also becomes very interesting in the grand scheme of things is uh, this basically puts a halt on Peter Wilt's NISA, which was a Division Three component who was going to be joining the U.S. Soccer Pyramid, I believe, at the start of the 2019 season, which would have been a feeder directly into NASL, and essentially establish some type of promotion relegation with within the pyramid to begin with. Yes, it wouldn't be a true promotion relegation because there's no way to get from all the way from the bottom to all the way to the top. However, you do now have ownership groups who do not need to be absolutely loaded uh, like Arthur Blank or Robert Kraft, etc., but can fight their way to the top with proper structure and great scouting. And now with the implosion. Uh, of moving NASL to the third division, potentially, Uh, NISA isn't going to operate in the fourth division space against NPSL teams, because that just doesn't make sense. A lot of teams that were going to be making the jump to NISA were NPSL teams like Miami United, like uh, reportedly Chattanooga FC, etc. So, I mean, tell me what you think. Tell me if you kind of agree with me here, but by this ruling pegging NASL down one step on the ladder you've essentially wiped out the NA, uh, NISA or NISA uh, and killed any shot for promotional relegation. And this is that we're not even talking about the lawsuit in the FIFA court at the moment as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my thing is, it then it depends, because if NASL drops down to Division Three, everybody's kind of thinking, well, okay, what happens to Indy 11 in Carolina? Because Carolina's been kind of the quiet team this whole Correct. time, I, I think their GM, like on his solo Twitter account, has said some stuff, and they never put out a club statement. And then also, Indies, the other team that has kind of the the long shot MLS bid in. So, you know, the big rumor now is that, well, okay, will they just go ahead and join USL? Then that'll bring us down to a six man six man league. If California, if the two California come teams come in, come yeah, sorry, come in, then we're back to eight. So. At that point, then the NASL has to realistically look at the N- NISA and just completely merge with them in a three-four kind of league because, you know, what if they're they're going to have to drop all their their league standards, their entry standards, and everything if they go down to Division Three? And everybody kind of says, "Oh, you know, what does the divisioning difference make? Uh, you know, what does it matter?" Not not that much for the hardcore fans, but. When you're trying to explain your team or compare it to something, you obviously, you know, what is your team? Oh, we're Miami FC. What do they play in? Uh, NASL. What is that? Division three soccer. Well, what's Division two? What's Division one? There okay. is, yeah, it it takes away from the overall value of your product. So, it's going to change how everything, how the league has to operate. Their their entry fees and everything, and these new teams are going to suffer. And it, then it becomes, you know, more of an issue. So it all depends who jumps ship and who stays in, you know, last year with all this, with all this drama, Ottawa left and then uh, the Rowdies left and then we're still recovering from that, you know, so if two more teams leave in the off season, every season can't do a two for two swap. So at some time, if you go down to three, the standards are going to have to lower. It's a mess. (laughs) It it is a mess. And I want to talk about two more
0: things with you uh, before we leave this topic altogether. And, the first thing of these remaining two things was the following: um, when you look at uh, when you look at USL and you look at you know what is what's the term I'm looking for? When you look at USL and you see some of the quality of their play, and you look at the play of NASL, arguably it's competitive, right? Arguably they're kind of on par with each other. You know, a lot of people look at Cincinnati, a lot of people look at Sacramento and they look at the attendance figures with both those teams, but you and I have agreed on something previously, and, and, and I wonder your take on this explicitly, because we both feel that these organizations are playing the long con with their fan bases, and the reason that we call it, or I'm calling it a long con is because In the USL, everybody is on the road to MLS. Every front office is telling you, yes, we're aspiring to be MLS. We want to be MLS. But a lot of the times, a lot of these ownership and front office groups know, realistically speaking, that they will never be MLS. But what happens? You have a lot of these fan bases and a lot of these supporters groups rolling out the red carpet for Don Garber when he steps out at their airports. And you kind of sit here and think to yourself, well, wait a second. If these teams were in the NASL, would they be gathering as much attention because there is no direct
1: correlation between the two leagues? Yeah, I I, I don't think, I think in some cases it would. It, it, it depends the market. Like, I feel like Cincinnati probably would draw about similar. But I feel like, I mean, if you look at Tampa, I feel like they're doing a lot better attendance now. Not because they're in the USL, but because they put in the MLS bid because they're in the USL. You get what I'm saying? Like they, no, I understand they what you're saying. Had, yeah, they had, they had worse attendance numbers when they were in the NASL. They were just kind of around for a couple of years. They were always pretty well attended, but I feel like now that they threw, you know, they moved leagues and they put in the whole bid and they got a bunch of like 3D AutoCAD renderings of downtown St. Pete with the expanded stadium that, you know, they, they, they're actually trying that push, but it's going to take a lot. But... Yeah, they're they're dragging their fan base with it and everything, but I feel I feel like some markets it's legit and some it's not. Like North Carolina, I they're 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 trying to say they have an MLS bid, and do I think they'll ever realistically get it? Probably not. And that that area that market is probably a good market, but just that I don't think how that team's ran and how it's how it's been doing it it, it realistically has. Uh, a great chance for for the bid there
0: no i and and that's another thing that we both agree on and i think we'll we'll leave this topic at this what we find or what i find to be really important uh is that it seems like with you look at both current division two teams i'm sorry division two leagues i should say you have two different messages coming from uh, USL teams and you have a different message coming from NASL teams. And for the majority of the NASL teams uh, or I or should say a number of the NASL teams, there is the push for promotion relegation. They know that they, f- or at least I should say, they feel like they can compete at the Division I level and you know, increase the revenue numbers because, I mean look, it's let's be honest here for a second, right? MLS carries a lot of weight rightfully so or not it carries a lot of weight it is the first division league in this country when uh, the atlanta silverbacks were playing in atlanta uh they couldn't get 4000 people to come to a game and now somehow atlanta united because it has an mls badge on the side of their shirt uh they are getting what 50000 people to come uh to the mercedes-benz stadium you what know was like, it like 67 the other day yeah 67 it's absolutely insane uh the numbers that they're getting and it's strictly attributed to the fact that they play in the MLS. Um, so you have one league saying, well, you know, promotion relegation and we'll get there, right? We, we will get there. We will be the next Atlanta United, Orlando City, Minnesota United, etc. But then you have the other league saying, well, because we're in the USL, uh, we essentially have a more favorable uh, positioning in order to become part of the first division so it's just funny because it's you see like the polar opposites in both messages and then you sit there and you see the usl message and you sit and you say wait a second right if you want to sit here and tell me to my face with a straight face that mls and usl are not working together to essentially i don't want to say uh kill the nasl but to really diminish the threats that nasl pose on both leagues like, you're full of shit. You're full of shit. You can't tell me that straight to my face because I'm an, I'm looking at USL teams telling their fan bases that because they are affiliated with MLS, they have a better positioning or a better angle to getting to the first division than most other clubs. And I don't know how you feel about that, but I would appreciate kind of your insight on this as well.
1: Well, yeah, and like a prime example of it is just Miami and New York. Like the influence of the MLS on the USL, and so, like in the last off season, and this still continues, let's say the NSL collapse, I feel like every team except for us and the cosmos would have an option to join the USL but I've a you know it seems like Miami and New York, no matter how much money they have, wouldn't be able to join that league because what's the end game? You're you know potentially an MLS team or an MLS feeder team. And because the USL and because the whole Miami-Beckham thing, we would never be allowed in that league because you can't have a feeder team or sponsor a team in the same city under the same umbrella in a different division, you know. That isn't, right. you know, it's pre-established. And the same thing with the Cosmos because there's already all everything else there. So, um, yeah, it's, it just sucks. <laughs> it, it sucks. And and, and I, I people need to see the frustration
0: at the – organization level and also at the the supporter level and it's really important because in my opinion if you're looking at let's say the nasl were to explode tomorrow and we know that the league is going to end and you know hopefully miami is holding a you know the last nasl 2.0 you know season championship right we're looking at a situation where Every team, like you said, with the exception of Miami FC and the Cosmos, will find a home somewhere, whether it's the Canadian Premiership, whether it's the USL, whether it's even possibly just like an extension bid into the MLS. Miami FC and the New York Cosmos will not be accepted into the USL, and they will not be accepted into MLS for a plethora of reasons, all right? Plethora. It's it's multiple. It's not just one, right? So... That's a problem, and if you're a fan of either club, yes, it's very easy uh, to sit here and, 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 and you know be angry about the situation, but I want you to think if you were, let's say you're joining our show and you're a supporter of another team, and your team was put into the situation, and you have now the kind of the opinion and the mindset that, after the season, my team may no longer exist, and it's not my organization's fault. How, do, how would that make you feel? So before you go throwing rocks at glass houses and and saying, well, Miami FC did it to themselves or the Cosmos did it to themselves, just just take a second and think about all the people that are going to be affected. I want you to take a minute and think about all of the fans that will no longer have a team to support because (laughs) their team is no longer going to be there. And even more so, even more so than the fans, I want you to think about all of the staff that belongs to those organizations and the fact that they will be out of jobs because of... This incautiousness, or, or or this kind of partnership between these two leagues. That's
1: because right. So some... if you like the MLS or USL, you're taking food away from families.
0: You're taking food away from families. Should <laughs> Should Miami FC <laughs> and the Cosmos not find a home uh, in in the in the hypothetical uh, world that uh, the NASL does not make it? But because you know, listen, man, NASL, much to the chagrin of MLS, man, they they're a lot like cockroaches. It's uh, very hard to kill them, and then they seem to survive a nuclear blast one after the other. All
1: right, yeah. So to, to be all fair, though, too, from from old NASL standpoint, the NASL sort of did it to themselves by not playing along. But uh, that's a fair whole enough. different story, and that's kind of how they are successful.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Absolutely. All, all right, right. It's a gonna, mess. We'll we'll see over the
1: next and... like sixty billion weeks how this unfolds.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a tumultuous winter, uh, but you know what? We'll be here to uh, take you every step of the way of the winter
1: that it's already started. Yes, winter is coming, this, and it may not be This is the a preseason of the NASL post-postseason.
0: <laughs> it's we'll like the Downton
1: Abbey you. Christmas special. Just when the as, season's over in the middle of the offseason, they tease you a little. As
0: you can see, we're not in the same room because we clearly keep interrupting each other. Every time one goes to talk, the other person interrupts, uh, but... I will say this, Um, we're going to move on from the litigation lawsuit and and possibly people being left without jobs, and and I want to move over to the MLS front, because the day before Hurricane Irma makes impact with South Florida, MLS, or I should say Miami MLS, David Beckham's group, finally put in their down payment for the land uh, at the Overtown site. All right, man, we're sitting here now, what is this? This is probably going to say four or five months, possibly since... Uh, all of the rigmarole around Dade County and and you know approving the deal to get the stadium and the selling of the land and there I, th- I think there's still litigation in place with uh, not only Brayman, but uh, Matheson's son as well. Drew, I mean, if MLS Miami is to happen, I think you and I both are very much now of the of the notion of yeah, show it to us, show show us like like the schedule that it's happening and uh, let us know so that we can show up. But what do you think? you think this is going to happen or no?
1: I, I still can't even tell, man. But, I, like, I, I saw that announcement and I was just like, this this is just, like, the ultimate show of what this organization and promotion of this team has been since day one. Just a bunch of clueless people that are, like, not in touch with the city, not doing anything locally. To make some announcement like that during a time when, like, not even normal television is playing, everything is right. just hurricane coverage. Everybody's in line getting stuff or evacuating the state to make like an MLS Miami statement during the middle of all that. It's just like bravo, man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty much how we both feel. Uh, it's ridiculous, it's
0: asinine. Uh, we'll believe it when it happens the day that I get an actual uh ticket season ticket brochure, I will be sure to look at it twice over and maybe call the phone oh, number on the I, back. I still wouldn't sure even trust that. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that, but that's <laughs> why you got to call the phone number on the back, right? That 1-800-CARS-FOR-KIDS. <laughs> um, so, we're going to get on our little plane here, and we're going to scurry across the pond very quickly. Uh, we had UEFA Champions League action today. If you're a Real Madrid fan, congratulations. You beat Dortmund 3-1. to uh, Besiktas took care of Leipzig, the uh, up-and-comers in the uh, German Bundesliga uh 2-0 man city oh, notably wins again 2-0 because they win every game by a score of something to 0 uh <laughs> porto shocks monaco liverpool Matt matthew bunch is stuck in traffic liverpool uh you know draws with uh spartak 1-1 and tottenham Spurs get a 3-0 win over the team from cyprus uh looking at our favorite league with the exception of the nasl because we all have different interests uh the premier league uh drew arsenal Ten points, six games, thoughts, very quickly. Uh,
1: starting to look a little better, man.
0: All right, a little bit better I, I is better than it. losing the right? It. <laughs> that's where we've left it. We left it. I had to throw in the zinger. That's the last time I feel like I've saw, seen Arsenal play or spoken to Drew about the Premier League was that loss to Stoke. So there you go. Uh, they've been doing better. Uh, did they win? Yes, they beat West Brom yesterday, right?
1: Yeah, and uh, we, we mightily came back from Cologne in the Europa League. Woo!
0: So awesome, just, just absolutely awesome. Oh, and the
1: the game was delayed for an hour because of uh, the the surplus of Cologne fans that showed up. Yes, actually, I remember this article. If you haven't
0: seen it, please take a look, uh, because it's incredibly funny to see what happened uh, that the game had to be delayed because of the surplus of fans that showed up at. The Emirates, oh, so funny. Probably one of the worst stadiums to watch football in in England. Uh, Manchester United still sitting top of the table. Uh, four behind in goal differential to Manchester City. Uh, Liverpool sitting in fifth at 11. Uh, Chelsea sitting in third. Tottenham in fourth. Uh, Everton, surprisingly bad. Newcastle, surprisingly good. Uh, If you remember our preseason predictions, I did say that Rafa Benitez might be manager of the year if he can get Newcastle in what I really thought was the top half. Uh, and they were sitting in a Champions League spot. Yes, even though we're really only 3 nineteenths of the way through the Premier League season. But they did lose 1-0 to Brighton. Uh, lowly Brighton, who have moved up the table and out of the relegation zone with 7 points, sitting at <laughs> Uh Your bottom three does not include everybody's favorite Welshman, Lee as Swansea Swans. Swansea Swans. Swansea Swans. I can't talk. I'm trying to get through this so quickly. Uh, sitting at the bottom of the table, Crystal Palace, man. Whew. Zero goals through six games. It's tough. It's bad. It's bad, man. If you're a Puerto Rico fan, you know exactly what that's like. Uh, Bournemouth, uh, bottom of the table as well, sitting in 19th with three points, and West Ham and Leicester uh, really in this situation, 17th and 18th, West Ham giving up a lot of goals and sitting in the final relegation position uh, at minus seven. And that joke about Puerto Rico, I should uh, go ahead and say that it's about their soccer team and not about anything else. Before I get tweets and comments about that,
1: so I, I'm just gonna say I don't think anybody would tweet us ever or comment ever. So, nah, man, can't can't be having that. If campaign. you did find it offensive, tweet or comment us anyway. Yes, yeah, so but Puerto Rico question. FC.
0: Why? Because Puerto <laughs> Puerto Rico FC is bad, and it, dude, now I'm seeing here having to like defend something that doesn't. You could need have, to have be said defended. Edmonton. You could have said Jacksonville. It could have been, but Puerto Rico's sitting at the bottom of the combined table. They're bad fine bad right right there are they are at the bottom 24 games played they have 19 points they're 6 points behind Edmonton bad all right just a whole lot of bad but much better in the spring though 10 points in 8 games and the NASL righty so uh <laughs> this has been Magic City Soccer uh we're going to go ahead and say goodbye for now uh again we would like to see you in the stands on Sunday say hi to us or say hi to Drew because I'm going to be in the press box so I'm going to be having some nice comfortable AC uh but Drew Show tell the fans where to find you on Twitter.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at it's houseman e. House lol without the e. It's houseman lol
0: without the e. Forty second place in the Reddit U.S. Open oof. Cup pick'em. Took I was in third, man. I took a gamble, man. I took a gamble. Listen, man. Everybody goes to Vegas one day. <laughs> Alrighty. Matthew Bunch is still stuck in traffic, but you can find him at Bunch on Twitter, and I am Omar Mubai, the 22nd place finisher, uh, and the second best NESL soccer subredditor uh, at the US Open Cup Pick'em. You can find me on Twitter at Mubai 11. We are Magic City Soccer. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Magic City Soccer, uh, and Really, come say hi to us at the match, man. Come to the game early. Go enjoy yourself some beers and some hot dogs and and possibly some burgers at the tailgate. uh, And make sure you say hi. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, So long for now. And go Miami FC and go Miami soccer. Yay.